0: Being kinder to myself meant looking in the mirror and not looking at my lower belly and be like, I hate you, you know, or like my arms are flabby today. Why do you look like that? And I'm gonna go punish myself and do more hours at the gym or like eat even stricter. It was looking at my body as simply a vessel and realizing that right now, what I need is to pay attention and nurture my inner self. My butt is too big. My butt is
1: too small. I freaking hate my thighs. I absolutely hate my tummy. My legs are too damn muscly. My legs are freaking too skinny. I need to add some muscle. I must lose some weight. Now I'm guessing one of these probably resonated with you. Why? Because guys, sadly, most of us have this negative self judgment shaming ourselves every time we walk past the mirror just becomes normal to the point where we don't even realize we're doing it. And what's even worse is it's become so normal that we even say it out loud nonchalantly to our friends. But what if I flipped the opening statement? What if I replaced my with your? Your butt is too big, your butt is too small. I freaking hate your thighs, I hate your tummy. It's horrifying, right? If you heard someone say that to someone else, you would be freaking mortified. It's outright mean and just damn right cruel. But yet, that's exactly how we treat ourselves. So how do we learn to talk kindly to ourselves? How do we make improvements without tearing ourselves down? Well, lucky for us, today's Woman of Impact is the absolute perfect person to help guide us. An award-winning fitness instructor entrepreneur and personality she is the genius behind the juggernaut pop pilates and has been featured everywhere from good morning america to dr oz and people magazine to the new york times as well as grace the cover of health magazine with a newly released fitness collection in target she is the creator of blogolates the number one female fitness channel with over 5.5 million subscribers on youtube and close to 835 million views so guys please welcome the fitness queen herself one of my favorite homies on the freaking planet cassie ho hey <laughs>
0: I'm so excited to
1: be here <gasps> welcome to the show oh my god i've got so much to talk to you about and where i'm going to start is a very very powerful quote that you said From a very young age, I linked people liking me to my weight and my weight to my success and my success to my happiness. I hated that my body was a source of my unhappiness. All right, girl, I want to start there because people may see you as this, you know, extremely beautiful, really fit, fitness influencer. And what I think is, The most powerful is that you've gone through your own journey Mm -hmm. and through your own journey, you are talking about it and showing that it's not easy no matter who you are. So talk to me about recently you've been, you went through um, a transformation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what actually
0: started that and then how you dealt with it. Okay, so back um, now two summers ago, I was at this business and marriage retreat with sam and it was during that retreat that i kind of came to this realization that i was no longer being myself and for the past several years i've just continued to mold myself into what i wanted what i thought other people wanted me to be so i wouldn't upset anyone i wouldn't offend anyone and i felt I felt like I had lost my voice and I told him I want to do something that is probably going to upset people but it's going to make me happy because I need to get back on track with being very intense with my life because Because you weren't intense you stopped being intense well here's the thing I I feel like and I can all and I can trace back how this all happened too so after my bikini competition in 2012 and that's like Super intense, right? You're super into nutrition, super into fitness. Then I let my body heal because I had um, a metabolic damage. And during that period, too, I was also getting really into body positivity and really learning to love my body as it changed in shape, mm. you know, going from super crazy lean to now a little bit softer and everything. And so I think I began to get more, I, I was kind with myself in just healing, eating foods that I hadn't eaten during my competition and things like that. And also it kind of cultivated an audience where it was like, it's okay. Uh, if you don't feel like working out today, it's fine. And it like, I think that's good, mm-hmm. but I think my brand started to turn into that Whereas naturally, I am a very intense person. When I want something, I will do whatever it takes to get there. I mean, you're the same. And um, I wanted to be more of that. But I felt like any time I even showed an inkling of that, people would be like, whoa, 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 like that's too much. Mm -hmm. But that was because of the audience that I started to build while I was healing from my fitness competition journey. So you just said something. So you started to be kinder to yourself. Mm -hmm. What does that actually look like? Being kinder to myself meant looking in the mirror and not looking at my lower belly and be like, I hate you, you know, or like my arms are flabby today. Why do you look like that? And I'm going to go punish myself and do more hours at the gym or like eat even stricter. It was looking at my body as simply a vessel and realizing that right now what I need is to pay attention and nurture my inner self, my skills, my talent, what other things I can give to the world that isn't my body, that was being kinder to myself. Dude,
1: that is so powerful. And I just wanna go a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. because here's the thing, it sounds great, right? And it's like, I wanna be kinder to myself, Mm -hmm. but so many people have had years and years and years of looking in the mirror and not being kind mm-hmm. so once you make that decision how do you actually then put it into practice so think about people at home right now that want to change they look in the mirror they're always just negative about themselves mm-hmm. they realize it's not doing themselves any good mm-hmm. so they're like all right i've heard cassie i really want to like change and the next time they look in the mirror habitually you just those negative thoughts come to you right. so how did you
0: actually break that Okay, so there are some tactical things that I did um, because during my competition, I was trained to step on the scale every single day. And so if that number didn't go down or if my, uh, my lean body mass didn't go up and my fat percentage didn't go down, then I was doing something wrong. So I had really gotten into this routine of like the number is depicting how hard I'm working. So once I decided to heal and not do that anymore and the weight was going up, that number was just too much for me. Mm-hmm. So I literally didn't step on the scale for a few years, which is a good thing. However, it gets to a point when you realize it's not that you threw away the scale because you had power over it. You threw away the scale because you're scared of it. And how I actually found my confidence again was having a very specific purpose for my journey and working so hard to get there. And so my original journey, I guess tagline you call it, was to get in the best physical and mental shape of my life. Like, ever. Like not even comparing to when I was on the varsity tennis team in high school or any other time, or even on the bikini competition stage. Now is when I wanted to do it. And it wasn't just going to be about the body It was going to be in here too. Cause like I said, I was crying because I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be me so authentically and I didn't care if I was going to lose followers because who cares? Are they running my life? Like, no, like it's nice to have fans, but it's not nice when they don't believe in you. So when I announced that I was going to do that, I shared all my stats it was a storm and i got some of the worst comments ever saying you are a shame to all womankind you are a hypocrite and like all this terrible stuff i it was really painful but at the same time it was fine it was like it was the shedding of what i was no
1: longer dude that's so powerful and the reason why i really want to talk about this is your story is it's universal in the sense of the issue itself. Now, mm-hmm. of course, you're doing it on a center stage, right? You're doing it in front of millions of people. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it's your mum, mm-hmm. it's your partner, mm-hmm. it's a friend, it's something like that where some people don't necessarily want to see you change, right? Where it's, Oh, a lot of people don't want to see you change. Okay, yeah. so you had decided, I want to be me. Mm-hmm. And so with that, then came a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. So how did you then pass through all the backlash, to not let it derail you. Because so many people allow other people's opinions to dictate how they should feel about themselves, mm. what they should think about themselves. Um, so how did you do that? And stay true to, I still want to change. Because that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's that some people may be, no, you'll find the way you are. Mm. Now, there's that element of I'm fine the way I am, but I actually want to improve. Yes. So how do you juggle that and go, actually, no, I do want to improve, Mm -hmm. but still, God, love yourself Mm -hmm. as you are.
0: Yeah. You know, there's a camp of people who believe that if you want to change, it means you don't love yourself. And that just, no, that you can do both because in loving yourself, you want to improve yourself. And for me, I'm the type of person that if I don't see progress, if I stay stagnant, that is my unhappiness. My happiness is in growth. So I need mm. to constantly be changing. And I, th- I think that if you set a very strong goal and realize that at the end of the day, your happiness matters more than making other people happy, then it doesn't matter what they think. And it took me a long time to get there. I, on that car ride to the airport, I broke and said, I am no longer myself. So once you realize that you are not being authentic to yourself, it doesn't matter what other people are saying because you have to take care of your happiness first because without your happiness, you can't give to other people anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, I want to talk about the scale, actually. So you yeah. did a video that was so powerful. I've watched it like five times, just so you know. It, like on repeat... So you've got four stages of relationships mm-hmm. that people have with the scales. And it was so impactful to me when I heard you break them down. So I'd love for you to do that with the audience and let's go deep on and out. Mm-hmm. So I want to go through the first one. Mm-hmm. The first one is the non-existent relationship that you have with scales.
0: Okay, so non-existent for me lasted probably from age zero to the moment this other kid pointed at me and said, why are you so fat? Literally, my weight had nothing... do with anything in my life until that moment so that is the non-existent relationship where people
1: just don't even it just doesn't
0: matter it literally doesn't matter which would be nice
1: (laughs) yeah wouldn't it Mm -hmm. um okay and then you've got the second relationship which is the abusive
0: relationship so the abusive relationship is the relationship that i think a lot of young girls get into where you step on the scale and if it's lower it makes you happy if it's higher it makes you sad and i had oh my gosh, so many years of my life wasted on this, where if I stepped on the scale and it was higher than I wanted to be, I would curl up in fetal position, just cry for about 10 minutes. Like that's how much power the scale had over me. So that's what I would call abusive. Yeah, girl, Mm. I so relate to that. It made me dictate how I ate that day. Oh yeah. And how much water I
1: drank. If I step on at what time of day, Mm -hmm. and did I just have a sip of water? Is that going to make it, oh my God, I've got socks on. Like it became just so all-encompassing.
0: Right, right. And that is not what you want because in the abusive relationship, you let a number control your day. Mm. How stupid is that? Yeah. That's crazy.
1: It is, and so natural that it's scary that so many of us do it without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I did it for years without consciously realizing that I was putting myself down. Like, at the time, it almost felt like I was taking control. Mm. I'm stepping on the scale, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be able to try and control that number, Mm -hmm. right? And it was a weird, unhealthy relationship with it where, looking back now, it was the most abusive thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you hit the nail on the head when you said abusive.
0: Yeah, definitely abusive. So you have to break out of that.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. So then your
0: third relationship is the breakup. Yep, there you go. (laughs) So the breakup is when you toss the scale or you put in a closet you don't look at it for a while i think this step is so necessary and so empowering i want people to get to step three step four i think is going to take um, a little bit more time but we're going to hang out in step three for a second because the moment you take something negative out of your life because you do see it as a negative thing you are able to fill that space with something else. You can focus on something else instead of stepping on a thing in the morning and feeling bad about yourself or feeling good about yourself. Now you have the mental capacity to focus on your skills, your talent, and all the other amazing things that are happening that are not your weight. So I highly suggest that anyone going through an abusive scale relationship, Mm. they need to take the scale out of their life until at some point, they they can see the scale again simply as a tool, not as something that can tell you if you're gonna have a good day or a bad day. Mm. And that's gonna take a long, well, it could take a long time or it could take a lot of work to get there. And for me, it took me a few years before I could step on the scale again and feel like this is just a data point.
1: Oh, I wanna go down uh, down that road on what the work was. Um, And I just want to point out, I I did exactly the same. Mm. So it got to the point where it was running my life and it wasn't until my health completely declined Mm. and I, you know, had massive health gut issues that I was like, right now I just need to be able to eat. Forget about how much I weigh. I just have to consume food because I couldn't consume the food that I was eating. So I was just withering away, as you know. And so... That was actually the catalyst for me throwing the scale away. Mm -hmm. Now I actually look back in hindsight and go, thank God I threw the scale away. But it took me that extreme of Mm -hmm. a health thing to force me to do it, to then see how unhealthy it was. And throwing it away to me was the most important thing that I did. Now here's the thing, I haven't picked it back up. And you don't have to. So getting to to step getting to
0: step four is not necessary. I think getting to step four only matters if you need to use a scale and you don't want it to have that power over you. So, I'm gonna,
1: before we get to step yeah, okay, four though, I wanna okay. talk about still
0: throwing it okay. away.
1: So what about the people that throw it away and then become unhealthy because they're not necessarily holding themselves to anything? Like some people yeah. almost held the weight as a health thing, right? So let's say you throw it away. I've known some people yeah. that threw it away and um, then went and ate McDonald's and Ding Dongs yeah. for years and years because they're like, wow,
0: well, you know, I'm, I'm free and you freaking flip all the way over to the other side i have so much to say about that because i think it's balance, right so i think it is really important to be able to have your mcdonald's when you feel like and not feel bad about it but also understand that when you go overboard in one direction it's gonna come back to bite you okay like i think mcdonald's and eating ice cream and milkshakes it's really fun for me that's like soul food it makes me really happy But the truth is when I eat too much of that, my skin breaks out, I'm bloated, uh, my run times aren't as fast, I'm weaker. Now, is that worth it? Like if you don't care, then cool. If food makes you happy, that's fine. But for me, my health is so important. We've got mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health, right? And so you can indulge a little, but not to the point where it's gonna break you in other areas of your life. So I think a scale is one way you can check and, you know, stay on track. But if you don't like the scale, there's measurements, right? There's checking if your clothes still fit. There's also, I mean, just doing a mental check. Like, do I feel good? Do I feel strong? Are my runs getting faster? Can I lift heavier? Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways to check your progress. But I personally feel like it's irresponsible to say like, I'm just doing whatever I want because I love my body and like whatever, whatever, and then you just don't feel good, that I think at some point you're going to have to realize what is feeling good, what is happiness, and what is health for me. It's going to look different for everyone, Mm -hmm. but you just can't fake that eating McDonald's every day is going to be healthy for you because it's not. I love that you just said what is
1: happiness and health to me, mm-hmm. and that's such a powerful question. I think almost everyone needs to kind of start from there mm-hmm. because, like what you were saying, you were assessing your energy, your mm-hmm. runtime, and these are all things that are important to you. Now, mm-hmm. other people, it may not be important, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's important to let's say, let's say you've got kids and you want to like mm-hmm. be around for your kids, can you chase your kids around the house? Um, things like that, like identifying what is important and then how your health is hindering you mm-hmm. from doing that importance. I exactly. think it's actually a really great driving force. Mm-hmm. In fact, tell us the story of the the, o- the one and only time you were on set <laughs> doing a fitness video Ugh. and
0: you had to ask them to stop. Oh, my gosh. So this was this was the moment I knew I had to change things. Um, so for everyone watching, anytime you see me doing a YouTube video workout, it's 100 percent of the way through. There are no breaks every time you see anything. Even there was like a close up shot. That's close up shot taken during the real workout. I never take a break and because i'm a trained group fitness instructor you're supposed to perform the whole time so Mm -hmm. you don't stop um so this was probably like eight months into me healing from my metabolic damage eating like whatever like pizza fried chicken noodles like literally whatever and i had to film i think it was like this fat burning cardio or something and i was getting so out of breath that i had to be like okay can we take a break and i just felt like it's gone too far like The scale was gone but that video showed me you are no longer in like optimal physical health this is your career like you need to take care of yourself like i don't care about how my belly looks how my arms look you can't even finish your workout like i don't want to say it's a shame but a little bit right like i should be so in check with my health so it was from that moment that i realized i need to begin finding the joy in my workout again the joy in my food and just healing in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think being able to let go and eat whatever you want is really important during um, the healing of metabolic damage because you just don't even know what's going on. You gotta calibrate. But again, the definition of happiness and health is gonna be so different for everyone. It was during that video that I was like, I can't do that anymore.
1: That's why I love what you said, because if everyone can identify what that actually is for them, And then every day, say, are you moving towards it or away from it? And at what point have you gone too far? So for you, it was having to have that moment of out of breath where you're like, okay, I've gone too far in the opposite Mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. So now talk to me about relearning everything and then actually figuring out how the hell you love your body um, just the way it is and push yourself to be better. So what was that, that stepping stone?
0: It's a really complicated jigsaw puzzle, right? Because... I, when I got to my bikini competition level, I was so lean and then I loved what I saw in the mirror, but something inside me was always like, it's not good enough. Like, it's never good enough. Like, so even though looking back, I'm like, wow, it was in such great shape. The day of my competition, I still saw my lower belly as fat. Like, I just didn't like it. Mm. Um, so you had totally slipped
1: into body dysmorphia. Oh,
0: totally. 100%. Um, also was scared of food. Like it was just bad all around emotionally, mentally, physically and everything. So I had to practice. What does it mean to love my workout again? Because when I was training Mm. for that competition, it was four hours of working out a day, like two hours weightlifting, two hours cardio. Yeah. For eight weeks straight. And it wasn't that long, but it had such a huge impact. I mean, I'm still talking about it. Mm. Um, that i lost the joy in my workout because i was working out just for physical vanity and that cannot last Mm -hmm. whereas before i worked out because it made me feel good like i walked into a studio i taught people they felt good i felt good we spread that joy and i had just lost that feeling entirely and you know having to film workout videos while gaining weight on youtube that also made me lose the joy in my working out because mm-hmm. now i was being judged for the way that I looked and i couldn't even do my workout probably like it was just bad times so what i had to do was try different things and at that time sam was like you just seem so unhappy you should do something that makes you happy and i was like well, i don't want to weight lift i don't even feel like doing pilates he's like why don't you dance and i was like dance he was like yeah you love dancing go back to dance i haven't danced for so many years he bought me a five pack to a local dance studio. Mm. Literally, I had so much fun. I was sweating. It didn't feel like a workout. And I was like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is what it's supposed to be. And that is what got me on the right track mm. mentally. So I think for anyone out there struggling with you know, their their body image, with their fitness journey, because you just feel purposeless, try to seek what makes you smile because that is going to be the key with everything. Good. I love yeah. that. Okay.
1: So take me, keep going yeah. down the journey of how you then transition. Um, so your, your 90
0: day. My 90 tra- day yeah. Okay. So, um, metabolic damage happening kind of started to heal it. So that was all good. And then, just two summers ago, um, I decided I'm gonna get in the best physical and mental shape of my life. So I wouldn't have been able to do this had I not gone through the healing though. There's no way I could have gone from bikini competition to 90 day journey. I would have been so messed up Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have gone into that journey with the right intention. Mm. It would have just been physical again, which is not where I wanted my head to be. So going into the 90 day journey, I said I was gonna blog every single day because part of this was going to be about that therapeutic healing as well. And I love writing. I've been a blogger since forever. And those years of being online, having people tell me who I I should be and who I shouldn't be actually stopped me from blogging at all. I used to blog Mm. every single day, seven days a week. It was like my diary and it felt so good. And as the years came on, I think there were months I did one post a a month Mm. because I was, anything I said would be, like judge so hard and i let those judgments control my actions which is not where i want to be right i'm the ceo of my life i should be able to do whatever i want and so in this 90 day journey i was going to blog every single day for and 90 these all the
1: intentions you wrote
0: out i wrote them out and that's a really important thing when you go on any type of journey you have to write out your rules Mm -hmm. so that you stay in line and I think it's really important to be very strict and rigid with yourself so that you know exactly where you're going and how you're going to get there. However, one thing that made my journey so successful was that it started with the rigidity as structure but I the beginning said I was going to allow flexibility that's what I was going to say yeah. how do
1: you do both because I'm sure there are moments that you, yeah. you're not always going to be perfect
0: and the pressure of being perfect almost then takes you back to exactly yeah you have to allow flexibility because you can start with what you think is going to work but that's not going to be the reality right so like I started off my journey being like okay I'm gonna go keto because I had never tried that before, and it was working for a little bit. Then I just noticed I was so dehydrated, and I was getting these crazy headaches, and I was so slow when I was running. Like, just I just didn't have the feel that I needed for my type of body. So then I tweaked. I said, okay, we're gonna take out the dairy because I'm lactose intolerant anyway. So why am I eating dairy to begin with? I'm eating too many nuts. So we're gonna uh, do a little bit less there. Let's add back in fruits and more vegetables and things like that then I started to feel better. And I just kept tweaking and tweaking Mm. until the results started changing the way that I wanted them to. Um, My my body fat percentage began to go down. My weight started to go down. um, And there were moments where I plateaued and I wrote about it. I wrote about how frustrating it was to like, be so meticulous about everything i was doing and it's still not working but that's your body it doesn't go in a straight line it goes up and down and it plateaus okay so in those moments
1: how did you then though not allow it to make you go back in the corner and cry yourself for 10 minutes versus just you journaled and you stayed on track
0: it's part of the journey you can't keep going forward all the time there's going to be times when you step back a lot and then you go forward more like it's just part of it and Mm. these challenges were amazing because they helped me get more creative they're telling me cassie it's not working figure it out Mm. and so those moments forced me to change my diet forced me to change my workout and just try different things or being like you're probably not sleeping enough why don't you try it this week so it kept it exciting actually there's always something new to write about something to experiment and I was like, I am not going to give up. I said I'm going to go for 90 days. I am going for 90 days. And at some point, I was like so tired to be like 11.30 p.m. and I hadn't blogged for the day, but I was like, I'm going to do this because I promised I was going to do it. Mm. And so it just kept me really in line with a routine. And I was just determined to like get in the best shape of my life. I was just going to do it. And so once you got to the end
1: of the 90 days, Mm -hmm. how did you feel? Um... And how do you avoid slipping back? Because that's Mm -hmm. a big thing as well, is that there are so many people that just fluctuate their entire lives. So how have you been able to sustain that? And I don't even want to pressure you Mm -hmm. in thinking who knows what's going to happen next year? Mm -hmm. Who who knows what's going to happen in a couple of years, right? There may be issues that arise for me, you, whoever. Mm -hmm. But right
0: now, how have you been able to stay on your path? So I've been on this path now for over a year. It's probably been a year and three months since the end of my 90 day journey. And honestly, I was a little bit afraid of being like, okay, if I, if I don't be this intense the whole time, am I going to slip back? And there are people saying like, okay, Cassie, so you went 90 days, but how are you going to like maintain it? And the truth is, after doing something for 90 days, you've built an actual habit. Like I wake up now, the first thing I do, um, you know, after getting ready and stuff is I go run then I do some weightlifting and Pilates in my home gym. And that's how I start my day. There is no question. There is no other way that I start my day because I feel so good. And it's that feeling that I'm chasing that I want because without that feeling, it's going to affect the rest of my relationships, my business. And I have to tell you, Lisa, like after my 90 day journey, something magical happened Mm -hmm. that came from within here that has affected everything around me. But My business has never been better. Like Mm -hmm. everything has just been growing so much. And there is this confidence inside me that I've never had on this level. Like I am no longer afraid to stand up for myself, um, say things that might cause controversy if I believe in it. And that's just not who I was. I was raised Mm -hmm. to be a very obedient girl, listen to everyone, don't upset anyone, just put your head down and just be passive. I'm no longer that person, that person doesn't exist. And it came out of my 90 day journey, which most people think was, you know, a weight loss journey or fitness journey. Yeah. It was so internal and has done so much for me that I just, I'm so grateful that I went to that retreat, broke down and decided to do this thing, went through the fire and the controversy. And then here I am. It's just been incredibly magical. God, that's
1: yeah. so amazing. It's such a testament and a great example of how, you know, I opened the intro with people just, we look in the mirror and we just insult ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that spreads, in my opinion, it's like poison. It seeps into everything you do. But the second you change the framing of that, to instead of looking in the mirror and hating yourself, to go by how you feel. Mm. What can I do? What can I eat? What exercise can I do to make myself feel better? Because anyone that is now looking to make a change, mm. it's like... How do they make a change for life? This isn't a like, I hope they watch this and they get, you know, they lose some power. Like, wait, no. This whole thing is about how on earth do you accept yourself, freaking love yourself and still push yourself to get better and be better Mm -hmm. for your own sake. And the fact that you did it and now it's reflected in everything you do. Your confidence. Listen, guys, if you want confidence, rewatch this episode. Please. Like the amount of people that say to me, "How do you get confidence?" Mm-hmm. It is you beautifully just broke it down for them. Of confidence in yourself, but your business, mm-hmm. your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like that's so beautiful.
0: It's incredible when you are able to set a goal, and then just allow yourself to get there. Like. It sounds like so basic, I suppose, but it's about not giving up because it's the moment when you almost give up, but you don't, that that Mm. is when the magic happens. You just have to keep going. And if your why is strong enough, right? My why was, again, the best physical and mental shape of my life. I wanted to find who I was again. If it's strong enough, you will get there. Maybe it takes a little bit longer than you thought, but you will. Just don't give up. Mm. How
1: did you then just through that journey, did you have any moments where you... We're either comparing yourself to other people mm-hmm. because obviously I know, you know, we've spoken many times on like the comparison is the for joy. Yeah. So how have you dealt with comparison?
0: So the comparison thing, I totally understand on many different levels and I'll get into it. But I do want to say that when I did share my body weight, my body fat and everything, people were really upset because they were saying, oh, but I weigh more than you. Should I feel bad about myself? Because you want to change and you're, you know, 20 pounds less than me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm trying to be so authentic, but you are taking this information and turning it in a bad way for you. And so for those viewers, I literally was like, look, if this journey of mine isn't serving you right now, you should probably unfollow me because I am just going to keep doing this. And I'll serve you when this is over. You know what I'm saying. So anyway, there was that part of the comparison, but in terms of Cassie currently comparing herself before to people, you
1: go on, that mm, was really yeah. powerful. Because that's the thing, you don't want to make other people feel badly, but yeah, you
0: can't let other people's emotions dictate how you exactly behave. So you just have to know what your intention is, right? My intention was to get in the best physical and mental shape of my life and find myself again. And for me, my guidelines were putting it out there so that I would be accountable, and so that I would know how are my numbers changing every week. Numbers was just one portion of it. There was so much else going on, um, but I needed accountability on that level too. Because as a fitness person, I'm going to use fitness as a healing tool too. So that was really important to me.
1: Yeah. So yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You're going go yeah. to go into the next step.
0: So during my 90-day journey, I. I don't remember comparing myself to other people because I was so focused on and in my own lane. Mm -hmm. So that um, was fine. But just as a person, I compare myself to people all the time, actually. Um, But I do it in a purposeful way. Like I'll compare myself to a role model that I have and being like, what steps do i need to take to get there and definitely i will get into places where i'm like oh why does she have this or she looks like that it's not fair and then you just have to be like stop just stop What what good does that do when you're running a race and you keep looking behind or to the side or over there focus in your lane that's how you get to where you want to be and you literally just tell
1: yourself just stop
0: well i complain a little bit to sam and he tells me can you stop and I I'll be like okay fine mm. but i do have to like i think it's okay to like let those feelings out and just be like they're here and not pretend like they don't exist mm. because I think that's toxic too. Realize that they're there and realize that you don't want to feel that way and then work on getting rid of that feeling. Um, I think jealousy is one of the ugh, the most toxic negative feelings ever and any moment that I begin to even feel like a smidge of that when I'm comparing myself to someone I need to be like stop. Mm. Stop. What are you doing? Stop doing that. It's kind of like a little slap on the wrist. Yeah it's so powerful what
1: you just said there, that you can some some comparisons are so powerful Mm. like to know okay i'm comparing myself there's so much further ahead of me like i don't i don't allow it to make me feel badly about myself it just shows me a guide and that's actually really interesting to say well when you're comparing is it making you feel badly about yourself or is it motivating you
0: Mm. and i think you have to make that choice yeah and i think um uh, there's going to be a camp of people who say who wanna act like a victim, we've talked like this before, and they're gonna let it make them feel bad, or you can choose to let it motivate you. And I'm on the side of people who's going to choose that as a free guide for how I can get there. Mm. And I love that you can look at people as inspiration I think that's really cool yeah
1: me too yeah um how did you then during this journey and after this journey now it's been you know a long time the mm-hmm. fact that you've been able to really stay on track because you found your why because, mm-hmm. like it's it's so fantastic how you've laid that all out the one thing i want to touch on is there are i'm sure moments where you've allowed yourself to indulge oh, or yeah. go off <laughs> um how have you now allowed that to To be a positive, giving yourself grace to do that Mm -hmm. without slipping back into it and bouncing back. I know that you said it's about feeling, Mm -hmm. but how do you not get then obsessed? How were you allowed to give yourself grace in certain times?
0: So I have definitely indulged. I got into ice cream making. And it's interesting because the quarantine has been cool in a sense that it allowed me to dig into passions I didn't even know that I had, which apparently is making ice cream and baking cookies. Like, I didn't know that. Um, But yes, obviously it makes it really hard to stay on track, right? But you just have to find what that balance is in your life. So when I'm feeling like I need some soul food, I need meditative time in the kitchen, because for me, baking and cooking Mm. is so meditative. I don't do traditional meditation. For me, it's these simple motions of creating something. I don't even need to have a podcast on or even music. I am just so happy, like, making these things for hours. Um, just, I just go by, if I feel like eating something or someone's birthday is coming up or whatever and I wanna deliver cookies to my friends, I'll just, like, make it and I'll indulge a little, but I know what I'm getting into, that's the thing, right? I don't eat a cookie or a burger or whatever and be, like, all sad the next day when I'm bloated and my face is broke out. I make a conscious decision to be, like, I'm gonna have this or I'm gonna have three of these and this is a choice, so when you, give yourself the power to make that choice and you own that choice there is almost no slipping back Mm. because you know that that was going to bring you happiness in that moment and then you're in full control of that also because of my 90-day journey and i took so many meticulous notes on how every certain type of food made me feel and how many hours of sleep made it optimal for me to like you know do whatever now, when I feel a little bloated the next day, I literally know the formula to get myself back in either two days, three days, one day, depending how much I ate in the wrong direction. Um, it's no longer, it's not scary for me because slipping doesn't mean slipping forever and not knowing how to get back. I know my body so well, and I recommend everybody, you know, at least for a period of time, journal what you eat, journal how it makes you feel, what's going on, digestives in your body, your energy and stuff, because it's no longer going to be a mystery. I feel like the whole weight loss industry fitness industry nutrition industry it kind of makes you feel like if you don't do this specific routine or you don't eat this way i am you just never get to your goal that's not really true you can start with a rigid plan but you have to find your own flexibility to find what works for you and it took me 90 days to figure out what works for my body which is going to be totally different than your body lisa than anyone's body who's watching this but it's so golden to be able to take that time and figure it out for yourself like I literally know exactly what every type of food will do to my body now Ooh, yeah. that's that's amazing that you've evolved so
1: much that you've gotten to that point and mm-hmm. I love that you were saying you know how things affect you and mm-hmm. you know what you need now so if mm-hmm. you just want some whole, you know soul food you go yeah. and make yourself some ice cream yeah um I assume then the voice in your head then isn't negative and isn't tearing yourself apart that you ate it.
0: It's not negative as it used to be. I think there are some times when you know you let yourself overindulge a little bit maybe more than you even wanted to and then you get a little bit bloated than you wanted to but it's not the end of the world and for me it's like unless I have a big shoot coming up or or a big workout that I need to do then everything's Fine, like we're all fine. You've said
1: so many incredible powerful things and so I really want to like tie everything up and like someone's listened to this, Okay, they're about to start. Would you suggest they go on a 90 day journey where they're journaling everything? Like, What actually can people do to get started?
0: Okay, to get started, you need to come up with your, your why. This is the most important thing. Why are you going on this journey? And this why needs to be so strong that when you fall off track or today's workout was too hard or you had the ice cream you just like feel terrible you're gonna look at the why and be like oh yeah i remember we're gonna it's gonna be fine today and tomorrow um that's the most important thing secondly like i said write out the rules of your plan Mm -hmm. like i plan to eat like this i'm gonna avoid this i'm gonna work out every day at 8 a.m like be so specific and then number three just allow yourself to be flexible and Try, if your original rules didn't work, allow the rules Mm. to change, but you do have to set out some rules. Otherwise you're kind of gonna be lollygagging all the way around. Like you just have to have some of a clear direction Um, and write it all down. You have to write down what you're eating, how you're feeling, how it's affecting your mood and your digestive system. Like all of that I think is so important because that allows you to unlock the mystery that you think is your body, Mm. but really you're gonna be the only person who'll know that the best because you've been so detailed about your entire journey, which is your entire story. So that's how I would suggest getting started. Girl, and they can also watch your
1: videos where you've been, basically been journaling this. So let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you actually want to read every single one of my 90 journal entries, they're all on my blog, com. You can actually see how I'm changing, like uh, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally through those 90 days. I know a lot of people start reading it almost like a book, mm. um, but if you want to work out with me, you can download my free app Body by Blogaladies, and there's calendars and programs in there and challenges. And again, the key goal is to find the joy in whatever you're doing, be it fitness or your food or your career. Just let it make you happy because that is the most important thing. I love that.
1: Guys, 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 go check out this woman. There is a reason. This is her third time on the show. She's one (laughs) of my closest friends. She's no BS. She tells it exactly how it is. She's very open with her struggles and the things that she's gone through. So guys, as a guide, go check her out. Go check out her blogs. She's amazing and she now has
0: a line in Target! Oh my gosh, that's
1: right! Come on, how
0: can people find it? <laughs> um, at all Targets in the US, it's the end cap of the, uh, the fitness aisle, although I think we're going to sell out even before <clears throat> the end of this month or something so who knows if it'll still be there (laughs) guys guys
1: thank you so much for watching if this episode did bring you value please do share subscribe put in the comments below what was the most impactful thing that cassie said today and until next time
0: guys be the hero of your own life peace out